Bodhisattvas are those who seek full awakening, in other words, enlightenment, for the sake of all beings. Their way is the transformative path of selflessness, whereby the mind is trained to go beyond its ordinary self-centered preoccupations and anxieties, and learns by gradual degrees to place others at the focus of its interests, concerns, and activities. This altruistic attitude forms the basis and heart of all the Buddhist teachings of the Mahayana or Great Vehicle, a system of philosophical insight and meditative practices which has been described in a vast assortment of scriptures and commentaries. It is difficult to find the time to study all these detailed texts, let alone to understand them. The Tibetan tradition of transformation through mind training is known as Lojong. Its guidelines are presented in an ancient but timeless collection of 59 pithy, penetrating Dharma slogans known as the Seven Point Mind Trainings. When contemplated, understood, and embraced, these practices bring about the profound attitudes of natural bodhicitta, including intuitive compassion, equanimity, loving-kindness, and a deeply interdependent sense of responsibility for the well-being of others. The 11th century Lojong teachings have been the subject of deep study contemplation and commentary by many realized Mahayana lineage masters and teachers. For the most part, the meanings behind the slogans are understood and accepted as being worthy of further investigation. For each of us, resonance in varying degrees as individual current karma dictates. But during the sharing of an ancient fable at a recent Dharma gathering, in which there were mentions of evil forces, specifically referencing harmful spirits, a few folks grew uneasy, expressing familiar, uh-oh, here comes that Tibetan superstitious stuff. Yes, there are metaphorical Mahayana notions of concurrently existing realms of existence comprised of here and now domains of form and formlessness. And there are Tibetan practices and rituals that consider various harmful spirits, demons, and metaphysical beings, both seen and unseen. Indeed, the great Tibetan yogi Jetson Milarepa famously sang, Demon, if you were to stay longer, that would be fine with me. If you have friends, bring them along. We will talk of our differences. Ah, tsa ma. I feel compassion for this spirit. As products of our culture, while many struggle to accept the physically material existence of evil spirits or demons, as our Tibetan Buddhist lineage teachings specify, some, including me, have come to understand that we are a long way from precisely knowing what does and does not exist. But here's what I do know. I regularly see and experience my own personal manifestations of harmful spirits. In fact, I am their enabler and creator, and they are neither esoteric, mysterious, or unique. Ignorance, anger, confusion, greed, jealousy, arrogance, doubt, laziness, wrong views, low self-esteem, 
fear. In Buddhism, these are known as kleshas, mental hindrances that cloud the sentient mind, setting the stage for unwholesome, that is essentially self-centered, intentional actions. Famously described in Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, the klesha's root cause is ignorance, manifesting in knowing wrongly or simply being unaware. They are stubborn, our kleshas, sneaky, lurking, always ready to emerge and cloud our mind, contaminating our perspectives and bringing about moods and vulnerabilities. Temporarily tainting the true nature of the mind, kleshas show up in how we think, talk, and intentionally act, often sparking impulsive reactions if we're not mindfully aware to prevent or quickly catch them. To consider them to be in the nature of spirits seems fitting, certainly not an unreasonable stretch, said Yonggi Mingyur Rinpoche. These conditioning factors, kleshas, are often referred to in Buddhist terms as mental afflictions, or sometimes poisons. Although the texts of Buddhist psychology examine a wide range of conditioning factors, all of them agree in identifying three primary afflictions that form the basis of all other factors that inhibit our ability to see things as they truly are, ignorance, attachment, and aversion. Certainly, these kleshas accord like spirits, appearing to arise whenever they want, creating disturbance and confusion, and then, job done, moving on, gone, leaving no footprints or calling cards. But there is little doubt they've been active the wreckage they often leave behind serving as evidence of their presence. The Buddhist curriculum informs that it is through meditation practice that the kleshas diminish in frequency, intensity, and duration as the true nature of our mind is increasingly witnessed and understood. At the root of ignorance from which the kleshas arise is exposed wisdom emerges, and our disturbing emotions lose their ability to distract, confuse, and propel us towards self and other harm. In fact, as our progressively fertile mind brings about the emerging of deeper insights, the kleshas themselves often progress from being disruptive enemies to serving as teachers identifying where our own awareness and mindfulness are needed. So, I invite you, when next you detect gross anger, jealousy, obsessive fear, or poignant desire arising, be aware. Don't consider your temporarily afflictive state of mind to be who you are, no matter how familiar it might be. Just as a cloud is not the sky, the transient state of mind is not you. You're playing host to your kleshas, harmful spirits, often with sharp hooks and intentions to stick around for a while. Like highway robbers, they sit in hiding, awaiting our approach, ready to pounce. 
But remember, they are just thoughts, only thoughts, emotional obscurations, capable of overpowering and hooking you when you're unaware of their disguised insubstantial nature, harmful only if and when you identify with them, nourish or engage them. Each and every thought is transient, has a beginning, middle, and end. So it is with our kleshas. Whatever we do about them or with them, we must do so with understanding, patience, self-compassion, or else whatever we do will not be effective. And, oh yes, a knowing sense of humor never hurts. In summary, enter Lojong, literally mind training, where we learn, contemplate, and meditate on essential perspectives and notions, an unbroken lineage of navigational Dharma teachings designed to help us strengthen the mind, replacing our afflictive mental states with skillfully wholesome ones. Why would anyone, Buddhism inclined or not, be disinterested in this? This recording, titled Kleshas Like Highway Robbers, was written and shared here by Mark Winwood. Mark, that's me, is a member of the teaching faculty at Naropa University in Boulder, Colorado, and is the founder and principal teacher at the Chenrisic Project, a Tibetan Buddhist study and practice group with an active presence via online Sangha gatherings, our regular e-magazine writings, and these Elegant Mind podcasts. If interested, you can learn more about the Chenrizik Project at our website, www.chenrizikproject.org. That's C-H-E-N-R-E-Z-I-G project.org. We'll welcome your inquiries. Our accompanying music, titled Until Then, was composed and performed by the San Francisco Bay Area musician Bobby Vega, with guest collaboration by the Turtle Island String Quartet. It appears on his 1997 album, Bobby Vega, Down the Road. Bobby's reputation for musical feel is legendary. And with this album, he shares how transitions and melody can be expressed in creatively new ways on bass, where slight variations in feel touch and timing can speak emotional volumes. You can learn more about Bobby and his music at his website, www.bobbyvega.com. That's B-O-B-B-Y-V-E-G-A.com. Or as he's very findable online, you can simply Google his name or look for his numerous videos on YouTube. We remain grateful to Bobby for his friendship, his talents, and his generosity in sharing his beautiful music with our Dharma audience. Please feel free to share the link to this podcast with those you feel it might resonate. And as always, thank you for listening.